0: A night after Blake Griffin goes for 50, Steph follows up by going for 51 on 11 for 16 from the three point line. It's the cipher. Sixers lose to the Bucks, 123 to 108. Giannis goes for 30, 18 and 10. Joel Embiid goes for 30, 19, and 6. And on this night, they're not the biggest stories when we're talking about big numbers. The Warriors beat the Wizards 144 to 122. And Steph, again, goes for 51 on 11 for 16 from 3. He's a bad man. The Rockets lost to the Jazz 189. The Lakers got their first win of the season. If I told you that the Rockets and the Lakers would be tied the first four games of the season, you'd be like, "Damn, that, that LeBron effect is really, really kicking in. But if I told you they'd be tied because they're both 1-3, and three, you'd probably think, you must be talking about preseason. It's early, and I've always said, give it time. Spurs lost to the Pacers, 116-96. The Raptors stay undefeated, 112-105 to over the Timberwolves. The Kings beat the Grizz 97-92. And guess what, y'all? It's Facebook Q&A, Facebook response time. I'm keeping my word. I'm sticking with this. So here we go. I'm jumping right into this. Leto says, I disagree with what you said about Kyrie. Ainge would never trade Kyrie for a lesser player. Plus, it's early. When it's all said and done, the Celtics will be in the finals beating the Golden State Warriors. Well, first of all, Lito, I never said Ainge would trade Kyrie for a lesser player. What I said was, is Danny Ainge has a decision to make when you look at the Celtic structure, when you look at their salary cap, and you look at the fact that in a couple of years, Tatum and Brown are going to want their money. And even if you throw money aside, remember, this team went to the conference finals without Kyrie. I'm not saying Kyrie's not a great player. I'm a big fan. But I'm wondering ultimately because I think there was a shift in their style of play once he went away. And now that he and Hayward are back, we're talking about guys that take 16 to 18 shots per game. Those are shots you're taking away from Tatum. Shots you're taking away from Brown. Minutes you're taking away from Rozier. I'm just saying that Danny Ainge... Has a decision to make moving forward about their long-term viability. I love Kyrie, but two hundred and five million dollars as gifted as he is, he's got to play more than sixty plus games a season. And it says I think Kyrie will will resign if the Celtics take the next step this season and get to the finals. Sure, if if they turn things around, which I think they ultimately will. Look, we can agree, barring a major injury, the Celtics are going to be right there. They'll be no worse than the first or second seed in the East. And if they can develop a chemistry, because their defense is still there, I think the offense is suffering, but they've got to find some kind of cohesion and and decide on who's going to be taking the shots. Yes, they'll be there. And if the season ends with them going to the Finals, I have no doubt that Kyrie Irvin will probably resign. PJ says at some point, the Sixers will realize that taking folks instead of Tatum will haunt them for the next 10 years. PJ, even though I'm rooting for Markel folks, even though I think that if he can just be solid, he can be impactful and help the Sixers have an even better season than last year. Even if, All that comes to fruition. Yes, you're 100% right. They're going to be looking back and going, we should have taken Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a bad man. I have nothing against Markel Fultz, but I would have taken Tatum. Fancy says, what are your thoughts on Rondo and CP3? What I will say is those are two guys in a situation where neither one of them have clean hands. I have no doubt that, you know, spit flew in the CP3's face. Whether or not Rondo did it on purpose, only Rondo would know. But it's not like as great a player as Chris Paul is, it's not like he's got a clean reputation. Chris Paul is is one of the most talented, gifted point guards Of this era. And he's definitely going to go to the Hall of Fame. But you can be all those things. And still be a dirty player. And I would say for most of his career. He has accidentally fallen into people. On purpose more times. Than any player I've ever seen. Not to mention all the below the belt shots. He's doled out. Again a great player. But he definitely doesn't have clean hands. My thoughts on it is. There is no winners. The losers in this Or us, the fans. I am hip. I am hip. Nice name. I think Blake Griffin is and has been a superstar since day one. I think you're not, he must be talking about me, you're not respecting his overall game and how he was the key to Lob City. Blake was a phenomenal talent. Incredible athleticism. He's versatile, can put the ball on the deck. He can shoot from range. He's actually extended his range as he's gotten older and his athleticism has taken a step backwards. I think Blake Griffin is a very good all around player. We're, we're actually in agreement on that point. And I think that you're right. He was a big key to live city and it was the most success that the Clipper franchise has ever had by far, but ultimately franchises aren't judged by having good seasons as great of a, of, a, of a era it was for Clippers, it was the Clippers. And so it was a great era because they won 50-plus games a few years in a row, and they were always the sexy pick to go to the finals. But they never went to the finals. They never even went to a conference finals. Ultimately, Lob City was fun to watch. But when it came money time, when it was time to win, Lob City didn't win. I have nothing against Blake Griffin, but I will say this, since we're putting it out there. If he's your best player, then your ceiling at best is playoffs. It's not championship. He's a very good player. But on a title-winning team, on a team that can actually make an impact on the NBA and win a title, Blake Griffin would have to be your second best player. If he's your first best player, like I said, you'll make the playoffs, you'll exit the playoffs. Seth asks, Who are my top 10 small forwards? All right, fam, here you go. Top of my dome. I'm going Braun, KD, Giannis, Kawhi, Paul George, Tatum, Griffin, Middleton, Joe Ingles, and Brandon Ingram. I think when it's all said and done this season, in terms of impact, I think that's how I'm going to rank them. And I know right now, four games in, Blake Griffin looks like He looks like mini LeBron, but there's 78 more games to go. So let's see how it plays out, but salute to him for the great start. And I'm going to give a shout out to a guy that's kind of an unsung guy. I'm going to give a shout out to Robert Covington. Now he can be a streaky shooter, but as a defender, he is one of the top perimeter defenders in the league. And he's, he's one of two players in league history to have two hundred threes, threes, 130 steals, 70 blocks in a season. He's one of two guys. So here's my question for you all. Can you name that other guy? I don't get football questions very often. So you know what? I'm going to roll with this. Pat says, or he asks, will Amari Cooper be a difference maker for my Cowboys? Well, first of all, your Cowboys... They're not that bad. I just don't think they have the firepower to go ahead and pull out that division. I think Amari Cooper, there's no question his talent. What I would question from him is his effort, is his consistency. His arrival, though, will put more pressure on Dak Prescott to push the ball down the field. So ultimately, will he be a difference maker? I think he will be. I'm just not sure it's going to show as much this season as it wills seasons to come. Nikki says, I think you're wrong on Ingram and Kuzma. Kuzma's that guy. He will be an all-star. He'll definitely be an impactful player and an all-star quicker than Ingram will be. Ingram is long and everybody wants to compare him to Durant, but he doesn't have that it factor like Kuzma has. I think I've shared my thoughts on the Ingram-Kuzma dynamics. And, and let me put it this way. And I'm, a st- I'm sticking to this because it's just a reality. Ingram, better ball handle. Ingram, better defender. Ingram has a better mid-range game. What Kuzma excels at is two things. One, he has a supreme confidence. And two, he's, he's great at catch and shoot. He's terrific in pick and pop. And he's getting better and better at moving without the basketball. So I'm not sure so much as Kuzma is a more talented player. But I do think offensively, he can be a more fluid player. Ingram seems to be finding his way. But in terms of right now, today, sure, I would say that Kuzma is more polished. But if you're asking who has more upside and who will ultimately become an all-star I I still think it's Ingram and it's not to say that Kuzma's not going to have a terrific career I think he will have a terrific career but I'm not sure his ceiling is all-star and there's nothing wrong with that if I told you that a guy was going to have a 10-year career and he would average 18 to 20 points a night and he'd be the third or fourth option on a title winning team you'd look fondly back on that guy's career And I think Kuzma could be that type of guy. And maybe he can even prove me wrong and ascend to another level. Maybe Kuzma is going to end up being a guy that scores 25 or 30 points a game. But I'm not going to jump the gun on that one. I'm sticking to my guns. I think they're both going to have terrific careers. But I think that Ingram ultimately will be the better player. I I think Ingram's the better all-around player right now, actually. Um, For all the things that he does well on offense, Kuzma gives you little to nothing on defense. He's just not a good defender, period. NFL Haas says, oh, another NFL question. Over or under on AP rushing for over 1,000 yards? If he doesn't get injured, I'm taking over. I think AP still has something in the tank. He still hits the hole fast. He still has the ability to make guys miss in space. And the Redskins have a fairly decent offensive line. So I think he's actually going to finish around 1,200 yards this season. Chuck says... Is Brett Brown in trouble because right now the Sixers are struggling and they're not going to get rid of Simmons or Embiid. They're going to get rid of somebody. What I would say to that, Chuck, is sure, you're not going to get rid of your two cornerstones. And I don't think they're going to concede on Fultz anytime soon. But I'm not so sure they're going to fire Brett Brown. Remember, the Sixers had a lot of turmoil up in the front office. They just hired Elton Brand you want to project stability to your, to your players, to your fans, and to potential free agents. So I think that Brett Brown is going to be fine for this season. However this season plays out, he is the Sixers coach for this season. Starsky says Giannis will win MVP and take the Bucs to the finals, and you're going to be proven wrong by saying KD is better than him. Giannis is a terrific all-around player. And every time I see him, the one thing I really like about him is I think he works harder than anybody else on the floor. He gives you 100%. It's why I made the comparison to Russ. Their their styles are not exactly the same because of how they're built size-wise, but the way they play all out 100 miles an hour is very similar and they both very they're both fearless. And I love that about both of them. And they're also both as great as there are horrible shooters. But Giannis, still 23 years old, can get better. I think his mid-range is coming along. And he doesn't have to develop a three. If his mid-range just becomes consistent, it's going to make him an even more of a beast than before. But right now, today, I think KD's still the better player. Tammy says, Simmons and Embiid are overrated. You mean Simmons and Embiid are overrated. And folks is a bust. Again, I think it's early. If if we if we make these snap judgments this quick on people, it, I, I'm not there. I'm not that guy. Now we could talk about how a team is struggling and it doesn't look good in chemistry. That's fair. I'm not gonna say a kid this early in his career, basically this is his rookie season, is a bust. I know he's struggling, but let's see if he can find his way. And as far as Embiid and Simmons, they're anything but overrated. If you don't want either one of them on your team, you're not really trying to win. You don't have to like them. But as basketball players, as talents, of course you want Embiid and Simmons on your team. Georgia asks, what's your favorite sports movie? So here's the thing, Georgia. The best sports movie I ever saw in terms of acting it, it would some people would say Hoosiers, and I really did like that, um, but I'm kind of partial, even if it wasn't the basketball action wasn't the best. I'm a little partial to love and basketball. But if I was going to say the one that like kind of like is my all time favorite, the one I watched when I was a little kid and it was like an old movie then, but for whatever reason, and it's kind of silly and but it's, it's like a comfort movie for me. Like I can still watch it to this day, even if you I know all the lines. And you probably won't know this movie because it's kind of, kind of like one of those cult classic deals. And it's got Doc in it. And the name of it is The Fish to Save Pittsburgh. That's my favorite sports movie. That's the one that ultimately I can watch a thousand times. And it still makes me laugh. Everybody that's listening to the cypher on YouTube. Good looking out. I appreciate the support Facebook fam. You know, I always got you and look, we're not always going to agree on everything. That's the fun thing about this. And I respect everybody's opinion. We can agree to disagree and keep it moving. It's the funny thing is when we start comparing players of today or of any era, somebody's got to always come off as the bad guy. Uh, a really good friend of mine who's um, in a couple of Facebook groups that I'm in. His favorite player of all time is Joe Johnson, who was a terrific player and had a very good career. But I had to be the bad guy because I, I told him as gifted a player as Joe Johnson is. And Joe Johnson was one of the more gifted offensive players in the NBA. Um, just had an ability to do everything. Post, take you off the bounce. Could can shoot from deep. He was just a total offensive talent. But I told him, if Joe Johnson is the best player in your team, your Hawks are never going to win a title. That's nothing against Joe Johnson. A lot of really, really talented or very good players are miscast. If Joe Johnson was the second option to a Kevin Durant, or a second option to a LeBron James, or even if he, instead of Clay, he was in Clay's role, he would be perceived differently and he would have won a few titles. He was just miscast as a number one option or as a franchise player. And he's not the only one. Blake Griffin was miscast the same way. You can listen to some pundits tell you about his numbers that he put up. A lot of guys put up numbers. And then a lot of guys, when it's money time, they come up short. And you go, well, Blake was hurt this year and that year. He wasn't hurt every year the Clippers were in the playoffs. And Blake is built like LeBron. He's like one of the bigger dudes. But Blake don't like contact, at least not when it's given back to him. And as gifted a player as he is, when I watch him play, when people get get into him and they challenge him, I've always thought he's got some quit in him. So while I'm going to respect what he's done over the course of his career and what he's done starting out the first four games of this season. But let's not get crazy, man. If you're a Pistons fan, I hope you're not upset. Y'all might make the playoffs. You will leave early because your best player shouldn't be a number one option. What you have is you have a terrific number two. The problem is he's your number one. A Facebook fan, much love. YouTube people, shout out to Anchor. I'm going to leave y'all with this. It's the Cypher.